Wait, what do I say to introduce us? Welcome to Young Adulting. <laughs> Just say like, hi, everyone. Like, okay. welcome to Young Adulting Podcast. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Young Adulting Podcast. We are here with episode four and our second book. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we cannot wait to talk to you about this week's book club pick, which is One of Us is Lying. We're so, so excited. Yeah, but we're not that excited because we want to talk about ourselves first. Yes, we do. Um, first of all, you guys, we have a website for the podcast and we're so excited about it. It's pretty basic. Yeah, it's not that exciting yet, but we want to put up a book list eventually so that you can keep up with everything, all the books that we're talking about on the podcast and we're going to have a newsletter. Yes. So you can go to youngadultingpod.com and sign up. And um, we're not going to spam you. We're not going to send a ton of newsletters. We're thinking this is going to be like maybe twice a month. Um, maybe if we get like really big and famous, we'll do weekly newsletters, but we highly doubt it. Yeah. So that's what's new in young adulting world. But, but Grace, let's talk about our highs and lows. What was your high from last week? Um, so my high was definitely, I was in Charleston for four nights. Um, so my parents recently semi-retired and my number one goal in life right now, besides making this podcast, like the next huge thing is to get my parents to move to Charleston. So I was there with them showing them the city. Um, we went to a plantation. The plantation wasn't actually that exciting. Are they going to live at the plantation? No, I don't think that's in the budget. They're okay. probably looking for like a cute little like house with a couple of bedrooms somewhere outside the city. I'm really nervous if your parents move to Charleston because I live in fear that you're going to move to Charleston at some point. So I don't know whose side I'm on. I'd like them to stay in Cape Cod maybe. It's not going to happen anytime soon. I love Charleston, but it's actually, it's like an hour flight and it's the best thing ever just having it as kind of like a New York escape. And ever since I moved to Brooklyn, I really kind of lost interest in leaving the city. Good. So don't worry. Good. Everyone, can you just like keep listening to our podcast and make our podcast famous to make sure that Grace has to stay here and be my friend forever? I'm going to stay. Don't worry. Okay. But I have another high because, you know, I can never just have one thing. Um, Today was a beautiful day. It felt like it didn't even feel like spring. It felt like summer. So I have a little patio attached to my apartment. I live on the ground floor and I brought my laptop out. I brought some kombucha out and I just sat and worked. I mean, sitting and working isn't that exciting in the sunshine. And it was the best thing ever. Oh, that's so nice. I, my high, just to like hijack this. Yes. Go talk about yourself, Becca. Thanks. So my high also has to do with how nice it is today, but I did it in a less healthy way. So I dragged two of the girls from my office to Shake Shack in Madison Square Park oh. outside and we ate burgers and it was... Did oh you my, get shakes? No. I just got a burger and fries and it was like the perfect day for us. It. the first nice day here. And, um, you know, that feeling when you're like ravenously hungry and then eat something delicious, like, oh my God, it was just like the best meal I've ever had. There's nothing better than that. And it was just so nice. Like Shake Shack in Madison Square Park usually has a huge line, but since today was the first day that it was nice out, like I was like, I'll wait in line for 40 minutes. I don't care. I just want some vitamin D and to be outside. So, uh, it was so nice. So I wasn't drinking kombucha. I was eating French fries outside, but that's way better. And we just housed a cheese plate before we recorded this. So yeah, we did. We're doing really well on the health front today. I'm working on my summer bod. Yes. Um, but my other high 
not related to the weather was I was in Boston this weekend for my friend Ashley's bridal shower. And it was so nice to see all of my best friends from college. I, I don't know if I'm like unique in this, but I'm still like super, super close with all of my best friends from college, but everyone's kind of like spread out and moved to different cities. So I'm jealous. I'm not. So like that makes me sad for my own life, but you have me, I have you and I have Tyrion. That's all you need. That's all you need in life. Um, but one any- friend and one cat. <laughs> um, but anyway, we all uh, converged in Boston for my friend's uh, bridal shower. It's just so good to see everyone and to um, to just like be together. So it was lovely. That is so nice. Wait, so let's talk about Lowe's. Becca, yeah. what was the worst part of your week? Why are we so negative? Like, why do we have this question? I just think that like sometimes internet people are like on social media, everyone only talks about highs. So I think it's like, I think it's okay to have lows. I also like to complain as a person. So like I, I'd like to have an outlet to talk about. Yeah, lows. I agree. It's nice. So my low is not necessarily specific to my week per se, but my low is that I hate my clothes. I hate all of them. I don't know if it's because it's the end of the season and I'm just like sick of everything, but like I get dressed in the morning and I'm like, how, like, how have I survived this long? Like, what what was I wearing last year? Like, I hate everything. So I think I'm on the precipice of a really big shopping trip. I want all new everything. I hate all of my clothes, all of my shoes. Do you ever get like that? You have a lot of like clothes, Like, every though. day. And it's oh. a problem. Although, the, there was a big shop bop sale this week. Mm-hmm. And I got a few new t-shirts, some jeans, and, like, a couple pairs of shoes from Lothar Randall. So I'm feeling really good about my wardrobe, but only because that box came in the mail today. Ugh. So here's my plan is that tomorrow I'm going to my friend's birthday party um, at Northern Territories in Brooklyn. And it's like during the day on the roof. And so I'm going to have a couple of drinks. I'm going to get a little tipsy and then I'm going to go shopping. Go to the shop up sale right now. Like everything's 25% off. It's, and sorry, as you guys listen to this, the sale is over. No, I'm going to go shopping in person. Okay. I think that's smart. Because then maybe, you can try things on. Yeah, maybe I'll go to the big Bloomingdale's. I don't know. We'll, we're going to play it by ear. As a blogger, I do all my shopping online because I want everything to be able to be purchasable by my readers. But uh, it's I'm, annoying. I, I like shopping in stores much better. I'm a bad online shopper. I And you know what? So I was thinking this morning I almost pulled the trigger and subscribed to Rent the Runway Unlimited. My sister was just talking about doing that. So many girls in my office do it. And a lot they, of bloggers do it too. Oh, they all look great, but I hate returning things. So Same. I have this like fear that I would subscribe to it and then you get like three pieces at a time and I would be like, cool, I got three pieces and then like had them for oh, three months. they'd be like a permanent addition to my wardrobe. Yeah. I have like a legitimate fear of the mailbox in the UPS store. Ugh. I hate going. Me too. What was your low? Um, this is embarrassing. So I am 36 years old and this was the year that hangovers just got so much worse. Um, I don't know what it is, but your thirties just get harder. Anything more than one glass of wine and I am done. Um, when I was in Charleston, I ended up staying an extra night because I felt terrible after like a family dinner and then some wine at a little local wine bar afterwards. We weren't out of control. We weren't drunk. I felt like I was dying the next day. It's very sad. I've really like, like with the wellness challenge and everything else, like cut back a lot on how much I drink. And the result is like worse hangovers. I feel like I'm being punished for drinking less. I've always just gotten such bad hangovers. Like I feel like out of all of my friends, like if we go out and drink the same amount, I feel the worst the next day. Um, 
I'm the same, but yeah. it got worse this year, and it's really upsetting. I'm sorry. I'm, like, becoming less and less fun. But it's okay. the good thing is that with less drinking comes more reading, which is more stuff to talk about here. Woo! Um, maybe we should get into our book. We we have so much to unpack here. I feel like There's this a book... Lot to say. Oh, my God. This book had so many twists and turns. So I read this book on a flight um, from Chicago to New York, and I got I got back at probably, like, I don't know, 10 p.m. or something, and I was in the middle of it, and I was like, I, I can't go to sleep until I finish this book. Like, I needed to know what happened, and I, I was, oh, my God, I was, like, on the edge of my seat. And you had me read it, and I started it, I think, like, on a weekend, and I stayed at home all Sunday reading it, and then I did something I do if I really love a book. I did go to bed at a reasonable hour, but then I got up at 6 so that I could read it for an hour and a half before going to the gym oh at 7.30. That's so intense. And I'm not a morning person, but there is something nice about waking up early and just like making a coffee and reading and no one's up yet and you can just kind of like be a nerd. That's nice. I can't get up early in the morning for like anything. The only thing that will get me up early is the drive to work out or a book. Oh, you're so good. I'm really not though. So let's talk about our book. So yes. Our, so our book is One of Us is Lying. It's basically like The Breakfast Club gone super wrong. Yeah, I think that's a that's like a really good description of right? it, actually. I'm, I'm really clever. I don't know where I came up with that. I think because... I think on the back of the book jacket, maybe. It probably says that. But as I was reading it, I really felt like we were inside of a John Hughes movie. Like, there were so many, like, really great cliches between the characters. I mean, we need to get into the characters first, but I really felt like it was, like, a twisty John Hughes no- novel. Yes. Yeah, that's exact... That's a really good description. So, let me give you, like, the quick rundown. And I... I feel like we have... This isn't going to be a quick episode, so we're sorry. But keep with us because then you get to find out what we're obsessed with and our favorite Instagram accounts. Grace, what good plugging. I know. Stick with us, guys. It's going to be good. So there... The the premise of the book is that there's five students and they all end up in detention together. And they know each other, but they're not friends. And um, during detention, one of them dies. From a peanut allergy. That's also like one of my greatest fears. As somebody with food allergies, like I read this book and I was like, I don't know, like caressing my EpiPen, just being like, I, I get so nervous about food allergies. But anyway, he, he died from a peanut allergy. And um, since there are only four other people and the teacher in the room, um, the other students are the chief suspects in his murder. So the book alternates between the perspectives of the four living students as they try to figure out what happened and who killed Simon. So Grace, give us the rundown on who who's in the room. Okay, so there's Bronwyn, and she's kind of like the goody two-shoes, the good girl, the brain. Then there's Addie, who's kind of like your typical homecoming queen. She's the beauty, beauty queen. She's very pretty, very popular. Then you have Nate. He's the bad boy, kind of the drug dealer. Um, Cooper, who's the athlete and, like, being um, hunted by all these schools um, to go play sports for them. And then lastly, there is Simon, who is the outcast of the group, and he winds up dead. 
Uh, um, so, Becca, what did you think of each of the characters? I liked these characters. I feel like a lot of times I read young adult books and I don't like anyone. But I actually thought that these were, like, decently complex characters who, like, had good sides and bad sides. And I don't know. I I liked... I think I liked all of them. I think the book was trying to get you to like Bronwyn the most. And I think I liked her the least. I was going to say, I found her to be the most annoying of, out of all of them. Yeah, um, but, and I thought for a while I was convinced that she did it. Yeah, but like, oh my God, compared to the selection, like how much better are these yes. characters? I liked them all. And I think that the the author did a really good job humanizing all of them so that you really like felt for each of them and understood why they did the, like, cause they all have secrets. And so you kind of understand why they all kept their secrets. And she also does a good job kind of alternating between their voices because mm-hmm. they're all very, very different. And you really feel like you're getting all of their perspectives. Was there one that you identified with? Like, what was your high school click? Ugh. So I was super nerdy in high school. I was really, really into school, and I was really into cross country and track. I ran all three seasons. But, like, the track girls were not the girls that went out and partied. We were the ones who were, like, home studying. We were all very, very, like, competitive with our grades, but also, like, super into running. So I am sad to say that I identified the most with Bronwyn. I felt like... I could understand the whole good girl thing, like the pressure to be perfect and like be really good at school. Um, that was like a dead ringer. Mm. What about you? I don't know. I don't think I was any of them. Like I, I went to parties and I was like friends with the popular people, but I wasn't in that click. Like I was maybe like one step down from that. So, but I like, I wasn't in school. But I was also smart, but I wasn't, like, I don't know. And I didn't play any sports, so I I don't think any of these are quite what I was in high school. We're going to put it on our Facebook group and ask you guys. Um, I think it'll be fun to see whatever, who everyone identified with most. Oh, yeah. Our Facebook group. So last episode, Grace was complaining. It was that, so sad. That, it was me and one other person talking about Ready Player One. Yeah, that nobody wanted to talk to her in our Facebook group except for like the hero that, that had also read Ready Player One, which I haven't read and don't really care about. Um, but it's it's like getting there like we there are oh my god there are so many good book recommendations in there right now I'm I'm actually getting stressed because I keep adding things to my goodreads or like downloading samples of books that everyone in our Facebook group is recommending and I'm like when am I ever gonna have time to read these you're stressed I buy them all on Amazon because I refuse to have a Kindle so my pile of books next to my bed is like 10 feet tall well, come talk about books with us because yes. our Facebook group is a There's like 175 a members. We are like really, really influential. It's a hot spot for books. Yes. Um, so in detention, um, there's a couple things that immediately like don't really add up. So all of the students are in detention because they had cell phones on them that got confiscated, but it wasn't their cell phone. Like it was like burner phones. So that's immediately sketchy. And then the other thing that's sketchy is that, um, Simon doesn't have his EpiPen, but then when somebody goes to the nurse's office to get one, they're all missing. So we kind of immediately know that there's foul play. Um, And like, I don't know, I think there were so many good twists and turns in this book. So like there were little things that were planted that became important. Mm -hmm. Like one thing I appreciated about it is, you know, how sometimes when you read one of these thrillers and then like 
you get to the end and you're like, none of this really actually makes sense. It's like somebody decided three quarters of the way through that they needed to pick somebody who did it. Yes. And then you, so for me, I like store up all those little details as I read it. And then I'm like, oh, that makes sense because of this. And there are so many thrillers where things get peppered in and they're not there for any reason. They're just there. And that drives me insane. So this one had tons of little details that were woven in. And then as the plot unfolds, you realize why they're important. Yeah. So we already said that our, our main, our main characters know each other, but aren't friends. But the day Simon dies, Bronwyn is so shaken up that, um, Nate has to drive her home. And it comes out that they used to be friends when they were younger, um, but they lost touch. And it's clear that we are also going to get a love story. And you know that there is nothing that I love more than a love story. So Becca was peeing her pants over the love story. But meanwhile, um, after Simon's death, there, um, this secret blog post kind of surfaces. And it is written from the point of view of the killer. And it's revealing all of these little secrets and intel. Oh, wait. We didn't tell you. So Simon has his own blog. So yes. Simon has... Simon is oh, like, this is such an important part. Yeah. So Simon is basically Gossip Girl. Yes. And he's like telling all of the school's gossip on his blog. And he's like kind of a social climber. Um, he wants to be popular, but like is kind of on the outskirts of it. Um, Simon is Dan from Gossip Girl, yes. who ended up becoming Gossip Girl. Yes, but we know Simon is yeah. Gossip Girl from the get-go. Yes. So there's this like second blog that then comes out that's like narrating as the events of Simon's death unfolds. Exactly. So there's like a competing Gossip Girl. Yes. Yeah. So out of our four characters, they're all getting questioned by the police. And at first, I don't know if you felt like this, it it like seems like Nate did it because he's the he's the bad boy. He's like dealing drugs. He's on probation. Um, his parents are like awful. Like his, his mom died and his dad is like a raging alcoholic. And it, it just seems like he's like has no supervision, is like definitely like the loose cannon. Yeah, but we knew he didn't do it because that would be a cliche. I didn't know that. I mean, oh, I was certain. I really thought it would be Bronwyn because I thought that was going to be like the wild card. Ugh, but you read all these shitty mysteries, so I like, so I you know the formula. Like, I know the formula. I'm. This is why I'm single. Ah. Um. So the police start to investigate, and the the they find this unpublished blog post from Simon's blog, which has secrets about every character. Yeah. So now we get into the juicy now it gets stuff. Real so juicy. like each of them have a motive to have potentially killed Simon so that they, he didn't publish this post about them. So for Bronwyn, she, um, cheated on her grades in chemistry to, to pass, um, Addie. Oh, so Addie cheated on her boyfriend, um, with this like new guy at school and her boyfriend, Jake, he kind of seems like the perfect guy, but he's also really controlling. Like he tells her what to wear and like how she should like have her hair. And he's like, Oh my God, I had a boyfriend like that. And this, that part, those little parts gave me the creeps. Like Ugh. there's nothing worse than a guy telling you what to wear, or, like how to look. Yeah. No, that like, she sh obviously shouldn't have cheated on him, but like he didn't seem awesome. He wasn't awesome. Yeah. So then Nate, um, it comes out that even though he's on probation, he's dealing drugs in this post. Yes. Um, and then Cooper um, is taking steroids, but the blog got it wrong. His real well, we find this out later. Okay. Yes, we find this out later. So we're giving you another spoiler. But the real secret is that Cooper is gay. 
So, okay. So my, uh, my friend Allie is, is reading along with us and she texted me last night and she was like, Cooper's gay. She like, didn't see it coming. I saw that coming a mile away. Oh, same. I knew he was gay. Like I knew that was going to be a secret. Oh, okay. But again, we both read too many of these books and we know the formula. Yeah, I guess so. I was like, Ooh, how perceptive I am. But I guess like maybe she's just not that perceptive. Sally, are you listening? Becca just totally made fun of you. Yeah, she's totally listening. (laughs) Hi. Um, so, uh, because, uh, the, the police show the, all of the students, this blog post and, um, because Addie knows that she's going to get outed for cheating, uh, she fesses up to her boyfriend, Jake, so that he finds out from her, not from the blog post. And he's like, he's totally blindsided and she's super broken up about the whole thing. But basically because they're in the same clique, she gets ousted from like the in crowd. So now she's like not popular anymore. Um, meanwhile, Nate and Bronwyn are, are getting closer. They're like, they haven't hooked up yet, but they're definitely on the road there. They start talking to each other every night on this like secret burner phone that he gave her. And like all of the characters are, are like starting to bond as they like discover each other's secrets. And like, they're trying to figure out what happened too. um, where like there's parts where I think one of them suspects the other, but, um, I think they know better than people outside that like things aren't added up. Yes. So then there's a little twist. Bronwyn's sister Maeve hacks into Simon's blog and finds a different unpublished encrypted post about Cooper. So I thought the whole book, like until the very end, I thought it was the sister that did it. I thought that she, so she has an ax to grind. Um, Simon had posted about her in the past and, um, like outed her hitting on a popular boy at a party. Um, and like, also she like has these, these hacker abilities. So like, you know, it seems like she knows tech well enough to have this secret blog. And also like, you know, maybe she had like hacked into Simon's blog previously and saw this post about her sister and wanted to save her. So I, oh my God, I was convinced that it was the sister. See, I was convinced that it was the teacher. He was like so anti-phone and anti-social media. I thought that he wanted to like teach everyone a lesson. I didn't, I didn't think it was the teacher because like, I, I like that wouldn't have made sense. Oh, see, I was thinking it was going to be this giant twist and it was going to be the teacher. Oh. But anyways, national news outlets start getting interested in the case and they're showing up at school. They're trying to talk to all the suspects and everybody thinks that Nate did it, of course. So he's also the only one without the lawyer because he's poor and so he just makes for a really easy target. Yeah. So it seems, I, I think we're in like kind of an upper middle class suburb and like all of the other parents get the kids lawyers and they have like guidance and Nate is kind of just like out there on his own. And also like kind of a chief suspect because he already has a record. So now it, it, it kind of turns and all of them are in it together. Like they're realizing that something doesn't add up about the murder when they, um, get into Simon's like unpublished WordPress CMS or like whatever it is. Um, and it, it kind of starts to seem like maybe none of them did it, but well, I guess other than the teacher, which grace was convinced, like we don't know who it was. So as this is all happening, the sister Maeve, she turns up, the sister's a badass. Yeah. She was cool. Um, she turns up some posts that Simon had made on like, 4chan message boards or something about school shootings and like he was like cheering on 
school shooters and kind of criticizing them for not doing a good enough job. Yeah. That was really eerie. Yeah. So like all of a sudden, like Simon, who's definitely the victim, he got, you know, he got poisoned. Like he is not looking like the best guy. Yeah. So then there's yet another twist. Nate gets arrested. Bronwyn, who's now like hooking up with him, they're a couple, um, is convinced that he didn't do it. And so she convinces this famous lawyer to take his case pro bono. Right. Um, And now like they're advocating for one another. Like they know it was someone else. So um, as all of this is happening, one of the blog posts from like the secret murderer gossip girl blog um, reveals a secret that didn't actually happen. So when Addie uh, after they broke up, like Addie went to Jake's house and, and kind of like said something off the cuff to him that wasn't true. And it's in the blog post. So now like Addie's sketchy ex-boyfriend is like somehow involved question mark. Yes. And then there is the giant surprise. Um, Simon did it himself. There's a letter that we read and he explains this and he framed them all as they had all wronged him in some way. Um, so Addie's boyfriend, Jake, helped because Jake already knew that Addie had cheated on him and wanted to frame her. Yeah. So he actually, like, this was his suicide, but he wanted to take everyone down with him. Yes. Oh, my God. I did not see this coming. I didn't either. Did you think that the ending was believable? I guess, like, define believable. Like, I I just, it, I can't imagine, I, I know that, like, there's a lot of, you know, high school suicides and things like that. But I couldn't, I just didn't feel like Simon's situation was so terrible that he would kill himself. So I, I don't want to speculate on whether it was believable. I think it was well set up. Like it was believable in the confines of this story. Like the author did a really good job planting the clue. So it all made sense that this happened. Like, would this happen in real life? I, I hope not. Yeah, I I mean, I hope not. I mean, it also brought back memories of watching 13 Reasons Why and these things where these these kids kill themselves. Like, I find it extremely upsetting. I hope that, you know, actual actual real young adults aren't watching this and, like, or reading this and, like, feeling inspired to do something bad. Um, It just, it makes me very nervous. I I didn't watch 13 Reasons Why. Did you like it? Oh, I, so I did. I was really addicted to it. It was like, it was like a young adult, novel turned into a TV show and it was about this girl who killed herself and each episode was a reason why she did it. Should I watch it or will it upset me? It's disturbing and it's not, I don't think you need to watch it. Okay. I watched it because everyone was talking about it at the time and it was like good conversation fodder, but overall I'd say it was upsetting and, um, also just like kind of trite, like high school stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I thought was really interesting about the way the ending unfolded was that Jake was involved, who had been, like, not playing it cool, but he'd been flying under the radar for the whole book. Um, But it turns out that he had, like, an ugly temper, or that he'd found out that Addie was cheating on him and wanted her to go down. Um, But he was actually the one that changed Cooper's blog post because when he saw it, he didn't want to out his like good friend as being gay. And so instead changed it to that he was on steroids, which he wasn't. Yeah. But yet he would frame his good friend for murder. I don't know. It it was weird. 
he was trying to frame him. Like he was in the room, but I think all along the point was to frame Addie. Okay. I thought, I don't know. I wasn't sure exactly who was being framed. Well, so what did, let's go into kind of like what we did and didn't like, because I, I think we had to take you through the plot because there was so much going on for any of this to make sense. But like, what did you like about it? So I, I know I already kind of touched on this, but I loved all the cliches. There's something like super satisfying and nostalgic that reminded me of all those 80, 80s movies that I watched as a kid. I also really liked how it kind of brought them all together, like the whole murder club thing. Like the last few chapters where they were sitting together and figuring it all out, like that was where I got like kind of warm and fuzzy feelings, but also was like super excited to see what happened. Oh, I really liked that too. And I liked that they were all pretty like multi-dimensional characters where like Nate was the drug dealer but he also like had a crush on the good girl and was like not actually a bad guy he was just like in bad circumstances and like Cooper was like the dumb jock but he was also gay like I I think yeah and Addie was the beauty queen but she had like this terrible mother that like made her feel awful and that she had to find a husband or she was totally worthless and then even Bronwyn had the whole thing where she felt like she had to be perfect because of her sister yeah and we were like when we were making the notes for this I was like this book sounds kind of ridiculous like if if somebody were like telling me all of these plot points I would be like I don't know if I'm sold but there was something about like there being good characters and like because it was told from all of their points of view that I think made me just like care a lot more than if they were like shitty characters, like from the selection where like you didn't really like them. I agree. They were all very likable. Yeah. Um, was there anything that you like hated about this book? I just, I didn't love the suicide angle and this is probably me being oversensitive and then and having watched th- 13 Reasons Why and then seen all the criticism that, that that series got in the press for like kind of not, I don't want to say it encourages high school suicide because that's crazy, but it kind of made it look like Simon did this like cool thing, like in a weird way. So I just don't want some really upset outcast of a student to read it and get some terrible ideas. I might be being like, I I sound like an oversensitive parent right now. I, no, I, I understand where you're coming from. I don't, I honestly, like, I don't disagree with you, but I, I don't really have any complaints about this book. Like I, I don't love a thriller, but I loved this, which is high high praise for me because like, this is not my genre. This is more my genre. Yeah. This is totally your genre, but I do like anything that's like vaguely like gossip girl. So maybe that's why I liked it so much. Yes. Anything gossip girl we love. Yeah. Which is totally teasing our next book, but we have other things to talk about. Yeah, we do. So should we get off the book and and maybe talk about our obsessions? Yes. Becca, what were you obsessed with this week? Oh my God. So I'm obsessed with the Youth Do by May Lindstrom. It's this face serum. It's so good. This isn't Grace jumping in. It's amazing. So I... I didn't want to talk about it for a while because I wasn't sure if I just liked it because it had the words youth and do in the name, which are both words that like I really like really resonate with me when it comes to beauty products. We both want to be as dewy as possible and as youthful as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like good buzzwords, but, um, really liking it. And I, um, I've been trying for like years to figure out like my natural skincare routine where like I can never just get it all in lockstep where like 
everything I'm using on my face is natural. And it's actually so funny. So I think about this all the time. This is something that you told me actually, where you were like, I don't stress out about using not natural products on my face um, because it's like a smaller surface area. Yeah. And so like if you use this natural is total bullshit, it's just my logic. <laughs> yeah. So if you use natural products in your body, like you don't have to worry about your face, but I always stress out about it. Like I use it's absorbed into your bloodstream. So it's less surface area. Yeah. So I like, for some reason I always think about this, but then I always stress out that I'm not using natural products in my face, but I figured out my lineup. So I am using the youth do, and then I'm using, um, this biosense, Biosense. I don't know how oh, to I've say it. Oh, I've heard really good things um, about that brand. Eye serum, which is great. I was having a really hard time finding a natural eye cream that like actually felt like it did something. You have to try Clark's Botanicals eye serum. It's magical. Oh. It's like a vacuum cleaner for bags under your eyes. Oh, okay. Well, I need that too. But like, I feel like a lot of natural eye creams, like you want the, you want the chemicals in your eye stuff. Like, yeah, like anti-age me the best eye cream ever is verso um i forget the name of it but it's whatever but their that's eye not natural it's not natural but it makes you like you can put it on and you know two minutes later you're, you just look like wide awake yeah um and then my and then my moisturizer is um the goop moisturizer which i kind of hate myself for liking but i love it that's funny. I tried all the Goop products and the moisturizer was my least favorite. Oh, I, well, I like a bunch of the products, but I love the moisturizer, but I feel like I finally like with the youth do, like I finally like rounded out my natural routine and I'm feeling really high and mighty about like anti-aging while being natural. Hey Becca, I have two follow-up questions. Sure. Have you tried Vintner's Daughter? No. Because so I had tried Youth Do a few times, and the person at the store was like, "You, the Youth Do is great, but try Vintner's Daughter. It's even better. So I haven't used the Youth Do long enough to have a really good comparison, but you might want to try that one next because it's, it's magical. Noted. What's your other follow-up? What do you wash your face with? You talked about moisturizing and serum and everything else. Oh, no, you look embarrassed. I am. I don't really wash my face. Don't you wear makeup? Oh yeah. I take off my makeup. What do you take your makeup off with? That's, I don't think that's natural. So I use oh. the, um, the bioderma. Oh, you love bioderma. Oh, I love it. Grace brought me, uh, last year when she was in Paris, she brought me two huge bottles of it because I'm convinced that the stuff that you buy in Europe is more regulated than in the U S. So it's like slightly, it's formulated different and it's better. I don't know if that's true. I might've like read that on a message board somewhere and just like taken it to be true. So I take off my makeup, but I don't use face wash. That's crazy. It's actually not that crazy. As long as you take off your makeup, you're fine. I just, I have really sensitive skin. So I feel like the more products I use, like the more potential there is for a disaster. And like, I don't know. I just like, I feel like if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I, I don't really use a face wash. And now I feel like people are going to come at me. No, no. As long as you take your makeup off, you're fine. Yeah. What are your, what are you, get off me. What, okay, what are okay. you obsessed with? I have three obsessions this week and I really try and narrow everything down, but you have to realize I'm a blogger who tries everything and I'm like also a hyper consumer. Like if I'm not getting scented, I'm buying it. I read every magazine. I watch every movie. So, um, the first one is from the body shop and they have these new body yogurts and admittedly I did get paid by them to do a sponsored Instagram. I am not being paid to talk about them now here. Um, the coconut one is heaven. So I like have this obsession with all things coconut. Growing up, coconut was always my favorite ice cream flavor. 
I just absolutely love coconut anything. And the coconut body yogurt is incredible. It's really lightweight and delicious smelling. Like I like actually kind of want to take a spoon to this stuff and eat it, which I know would be poison, but um, it smells so good. Yeah, don't eat it. The next one is, okay, I'm going to get really controversial here. Not really, but there's one other person in this room with me and she's going to disagree with me very much. So my other obsession is my gravity blanket. Um, After Becca's sonnet, her ode to the (laughs) gravity blanket in episode three, I went on Amazon and I ordered mine and I love it. But I'm going to just say my favorite way to use it is on the couch, like watching a movie or watching TV. There's something so secure about it. Like it is kind of like you said, like when you're at the dentist's office and they put that x-ray blanket over you. It's amazing. I felt like so soothed and like swaddled and like I just felt so safe with it on me, which is hilarious because you're not safe. Like if someone broke in, it would actually be harder to get up and like fix the problem and run away because... But, like, it's safety. It's, like, calm. It's, it's not very safety. calming. It's not safe. It's calming. But then I slept with it, and I had a real hard time with it. Like, it, it, was, it was too much. Okay, so I think... I feel very passionately about this. I think that you need to give it more of a chance. It took me a couple of weeks to get used to sleeping with it because I would like struggle against it. And then, I like, fought with it last night. Oh my God. Like I would feel like I like strained a muscle in the morning. Yes. That's how I felt this morning. And I felt was sweaty because I had all these, I had my regular blanket over me and a sheet and the gravity blanket on top of that. So sweaty, I have no answer for. I haven't had that problem, but like with like straining against it, I definitely did. But so I also I ha- like to sleep on my stomach. So I rolled oh. over in the middle of the night and then I had the gravity blanket like all twisted up on me. It was it was a bad situation. Okay. So I like sleeping with it because I'm I'm a pretty tossy turny sleeper. So like I feel like my sleep quality is sometimes like I wake myself up because I'm moving around. And yeah. I feel like with the gravity blanket, it like keeps me in one place. And I just like wake up in the same position that I fell asleep in. So I feel like it like improves my sleep quality because I'm still. Yeah. So maybe I need to get one that's like super heavy so that it just like really traps me. How many pounds is yours? I don't know. I got the one that was, I think like 15 pounds for a 140 pound individual. Oh, that seems like the one that their most popular one. I got the 20 pound one because I wanted it. I did it based on like the size it was because I wanted it to be bigger. Oh, because I'm tall. I'm like five ten, so I was worried that if I got one of the smaller ones, that like my feet would stick out. Yeah. So I don't know. Mine's a little heavier, but yours is twenty five percent heavier than me, right? Than mine, and we're like the same size. Anyway, I think that you should give it another try sleeping because I did not like sleeping with it at the beginning either, but I really grew to like I mean maybe try in the winter yeah I'll try it tonight again I mean I've only had it one night it came yesterday I specifically got same day delivery from Amazon which who knew that was a thing I didn't know that you could get same day delivery from Amazon maybe I want to revise my high from earlier to actually be convincing people to buy a gravity blanket because I think I got you and I think there are some people in our Facebook group yeah there was a few who, who might be getting there. So like, maybe that's my high. Well, I have one last obsession. I'm like talking for hours and hours, but, um, 
the April issue of Architectural Digest, and this is super nerdy, it's like their best issue yet. And it is just full of all things that I want to buy. And it's actually a problem because it's made me want to redo my entire apartment. My apartment is is just about finished now, and I, I want to change everything. Um, that magazine is one of my all-time favorites, but this particular issue is really resonating with me, and it's magical. What about on Instagram? Are you are you particularly loving anything on Instagram this week? Yes, always. Um, so this week, my Instagram obsession that I love is Anna New York. So it's A-N-A New York. And she is... I've met her once, and she's really, really lovely and just such a sweet girl, but she is an art director who travels the globe, and everywhere she goes, she takes the most amazing photos. Like, she'll capture things here in New York that I've seen and, like, could never make make look that good. And it's not just... Are you pulling her up right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look her up. I don't know who this is. It's We're- not just that she finds beautiful places. She just has such a gorgeous eye for everything, and captures it all so well I would really like to pay her and just like have her sit me down and tell me how she edits all her photos and where she finds things and how she kind of looks at the world because her Instagram account is absolutely beautiful oh my god guys this is like travel porn Mm -hmm. it's gonna make you feel bad about your life though because I feel I feel like I mean maybe need to leave the house a little bit more when I look at her I just followed her I feel like I have a saved folder on my Instagram for like places I want to travel and I feel like I'm gonna get so many good recommendations from her yep Get ready. And she, like, knows everything about Cartagena. So when I went there, she gave me a lot of really good recommendations. You talk about her like she's your friend? No, we're friends. Oh. We're Instagram friends. Oh, okay. We've met in real life once, but we're, we're like, pretty good friends, I think. Like, we DM back and forth quite a bit. Yeah. No, I'm not, like, I'm not being a creep. Like, Orlando Soria, I talk about, like, we're friends, but we are not friends. We've never met. He does not reply to my DMs. (laughs) I just, like, have, like, this fangirl thing from afar, which is super embarrassing. Um, so mine, maybe I'm just a person who really likes relaxation because I feel like the gravity blanket and this. So this is why we're friends. Yeah. Oh my God. So do you follow paint mixings? No, but paint underscore mixings. Okay. I'm going on right now. Oh my God. So it's these videos of like, they squirt out paint, like three different colors and they mix it together to make like my sister was doing this on her story today. Oh my God. It's, I can't explain it, but it is so soothing to watch I love it oh this is it's beautiful too yeah it's really pretty so I love it a friend of mine was mashing up lipsticks on Instagram the other day like she had like a powder and a couple different lipsticks and I guess that's a real thing like in the beauty blogger world and I watched her story like maybe 18 times yeah it's real oh look at this one yeah, I know. This is really satisfying. You guys follow this account. I'm obsessed now. Yeah, it's really great. Um, before we wrap up, Grace, did you read anything except for One of Us is Lying this week? I did. So in our last episode, I mentioned that I was reading Do Not Be Alarmed by Mail Malloy. Um, so I'm just going to go throw it out there. I would not recommend it. The plot was boring. It was just not a very good book. It was beautifully written. I think I mentioned last time that maybe she should stick to like literary fiction. This was just not something I really enjoyed. But I'm super, super, super into a thriller right now called The Good Liar by Catherine McKenzie. So this one follows three women 
the year after like a 9-11 style attack on Chicago. So there's these, they all have these different stories. One of them lost her husband. One of them, we don't know what happened to her, but she fled all the way to Canada. And one of them is searching for her birth mother and realized the birth mother was blown up in the building. So they all have these very intersecting stories and there's a lot of twists. And it was one of those ones that just kept me up all night. What about you? Okay, so I uh, took the train to Boston last weekend, and I had a four-hour trip there and a four-hour trip back, and I was, like, so excited to really dig into some of her recommendations. And I, like, I, I don't know what came over me, but I reread something that I've already read. What? But it's You were just talking so... about anxiety and how you have so many books you have to read. Shut up, Grace. Leave me alone. Um, but I reread this book that is so good. It's called Who's That Girl by... M- Mari McFarlane. Um, and she's actually one of my favorite authors. She's this British chiclet author and I I love all of her books, but who's that girl is the most recent one. And it's about this woman who is like escaping a scandal in her personal life. And, uh, she's in the UK because I like British chiclet specifically. I love British chiclet. I'm going to look at this. And so she flees London and goes to like her hometown um, which is like a smaller town. And she's writing, she's ghostwriting the memoir of this guy who's basically like Jon Snow on Game of Thrones. He's like this like heartthrob guy on an action thriller. Ooh. Um, and uh, they, you know, start to fall for each other. Oh my God, it's so good. It's not like a bodice ripper. It's just like a really slowly unfolding romance. Um, but oh my God, it's so good. I, I first read it on vacation a couple of years ago and I was so addicted. I was on vacation with like four girlfriends and I was like, don't talk to me. I'm reading. Um, that's me every vacation uh, and nobody wants to be my friend. Read this book. It's so good. And read all of her books. They're so, so good. It was just like, I don't know. I, I do you reread books ever? No, I don't typically read, re reread books. I didn't used to. And one of my, my friend Ashley is a huge rereader. Like she reads, Harry Potter every couple of years, like she rereads her favorite books over and over. But for some reason I was just like, I know the book I want to read and I've already read it. And it was no less satisfying on the second go round. Huh? Anyway, highly recommend. Okay. You should read it. You being you, Grace, and you being anyone listening. Okay. I'm adding it to my list. But what are we reading next? Um, I am so excited because we are reading one of my absolute favorite books, um, The Thousandth Floor. So The Thousandth Floor, since I love that you referenced Gossip Girl earlier, because this is a very Gossip Girl style young adult novel. It's about a set of teenagers in the 22nd century. So this giant tower has been erected erected in New York. Um, It takes up most of Manhattan and spans two and a half miles high. It's a thousand floors high, and the more well-off you are, the higher up you live. I can't wait to read it because, as you know, I love anything vaguely Gossip Girl related, and I love anything in a dystopian future. So this this sounds up my alley. It's one of the best young adult novels I've read ever. But tomorrow we're doing something really exciting. It's our first time ever doing it is on our Instagram account. We're going to do a giveaway for this book. So five of you are going to win signed copies from Catherine McGee, the author who is like absolutely lovely and the sweetest person ever. We reached out to her and she agreed and we're super excited. So head over and make sure you're following us on Instagram at young adulting pod and keep your eyes peeled for our giveaway. We're excited. 
Yes, we're very excited. I want free stuff. I'm I'm excited to give you guys free stuff. Yeah. And in the meantime, it would absolutely mean the world to us if you would rate, review, and subscribe and send us your questions because we do a Q&A every other episode and next episode we're answering a bunch of your questions, but we need more, so keep those coming. Also, we want to hear what you thought about One of Us is Lying, so come join us in the Facebook group. Um, Just search for Young Adulting Podcast in Facebook and we'll create an open thread so we can all talk more about One of Us is Lying and we'll see uh, if you guys predicted the ending of this book or if you were as shocked as I was. It was a good one. Well, we can't wait to talk to you next week and we'll, uh, we'll be back answering some of our listener questions. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. Bye.